This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. In addition to our weekly episodes, you can receive a Monday Provoke-a-Thought. Go to somebodycares.org and sign up for the email updates. Here's last week's Provoke-a-Thought from Dr. Doug Stringer. We must have God's wisdom to see through today's divisive climate so we can have a right spirit, a clean heart, and a sharp and stable mind. As the heart of the nation, we the church need his perspective so we can reach the soul of our nation. We must create an atmosphere for his presence to see God do what only he can do. Today I want to talk about the value of mentors and even critics. I'm actually extrapolating this from a book I wrote called Leadership Awakening, Foundational Principles for Lasting Success. Courageous, transformational leadership must be rooted in the values of God's kingdom. The late Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole, the founder of the Christian Men's Network, used to say, the characteristics of the kingdom emanate from the characteristics of the king. You see, above all else, we're called to reflect the nature of Jesus Christ, our Savior and King. Society will not be impacted by persuasive arguments unless they are presented by people who model genuine Christ-likeness. And this is even more important if we are leaders. What traits did Jesus demonstrate to his disciples? While many leaders throughout the centuries have reached for thrones to build their own kingdoms, Jesus reached for a towel to wash men's feet. We can look at this in John chapter 13, verse 1 through 17. That same heart of humility and servanthood is what it's going to take today to bring long-term transformation to the seven key cultures or areas of our society. The Bible says that we are called to be ambassadors of God's kingdom. We see that in 2 Corinthians 5.20. Whether you're a good ambassador or a bad one, your example will make an impression on people around you. And when you accurately reflect kingdom values, you will leave a lasting legacy, changing individuals and institutions for the glory of God. But make no mistake, the core values of God's kingdom and His Word are under fierce assault today. The Bible describes timeless and non-negotiable principles and values, but we live in an increasingly secular and relativistic culture. It has become fashionable to discard absolutes in favor of a mindset reminiscent of Israel in the days of the judges. It says in Judges 21-25, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So how are God's people supposed to live in times like this? I believe first we must recognize what is happening in the culture around us. As an old Bob Dylan song used to declare, The times they are a-changing. You see, the changes are not minor in nature. They are foundational. King David asked a profound question of how we should live in the days like these. Psalms 11.3 in the Amplified Version says it this way, If the foundations of a godly society are destroyed, what can the righteous do? First, we must ensure that our own spiritual foundation is strong. Like the wise man who built his house on a rock instead of on sand, we must listen to God's instructions and obey them. We see that spoken by Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. We shouldn't be surprised by the times that are now upon us. The Bible clearly warns us about the perilous times that would come in the last days. 
2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5 says, Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. You see, Paul wrote these words to his spiritual son, Timothy, after warning him not to be swayed by the godless culture around him, Paul commended Timothy for following his doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, and afflictions. We see this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. In other words, the antidote to following people's bad examples is to find godly mentors like Paul and follow their Christ-like examples. The vision God has given us for 2020 and beyond is one of rapid expansion, not to build up our ministry, but to build up His kingdom. As we continue to assist in disaster relief and crisis response across the globe, we are cognizant that it takes local impact to sustain true transformation. These communities need the help before, during, and after the need arises. We need consistent resources to help those courageous leaders on the front line in their communities across the world. You can be a part of transforming lives by giving today at somebodycares.org. What about you? Do you have a positive role model or mentor in your life? Someone who can both encourage you and hold you accountable at the same time? A person that who can boldly say, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1. Personally, God has graciously blessed me with some outstanding mentors and leaders in my life. I'm eternally grateful for the rich deposits they've made in my personal walk, my spiritual life and journey as a Christian leader. But today, as in Bible times, spiritual fathers and mothers are too, too rare. Let's look at how Paul described his fatherly love for the believers in Corinth. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, I do not write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I exhort you, be imitators of me. And the New King James Version says, There may be ten thousands of teachers, but not many fathers in the Lord. Paul also made it very clear to the Thessalonians that being a spiritual father or mother is entirely different than being just a good preacher or Bible teacher. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you have become very dear to us. You see, it's all about relationship, isn't it? Paul had genuine affection for people. He didn't just preach to them, he also gave them his own life. If you don't presently have such a person in your life, I encourage you to make this a matter of urgent prayer. Having a mentor to train and equip you will be a huge safeguard as you continue your quest to bear more fruit for God's kingdom. 
and he or she will help you finish well in the course that God has set before you. Just as mentors can be a tremendous blessing and inspiration in our lives, critics, even naysayers, can bring us great discouragement if we let them. But it's impossible to go through this life without having any critics. Rather than alarm us, this should actually encourage us. Jesus told us plainly, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Matthew 5, 11 and 12. The good news is that if God is for us, we have nothing to fear from those who oppose us, Romans 8.31. However, even the world takes note of how we behave when we're criticized or under attack. When we're treated harshly and unfairly, they look to see whether we will manifest the character of Christ or respond according to the flesh. Of course, there's something much more important than whether people are impressed by how we react to hardships. I've learned that how we respond during adversity often determines whether God's blessings in my life are expedited or postponed. Whenever I start to complain about some trial I'm going through, the Lord reminds me, Doug, remember that your attitudes and responses have consequences. Over the years, I've seen every adversity has become an opportunity for God to show himself even greater. I've also learned that my adversaries often have become my advocates when I keep a right spirit. I remember a time when I was transitioning out of the fitness business because God was leading me to establish a Christian activity center. I had great passion for what God had done in my life, and many people were actually coming to the Lord. However, not everyone was thrilled by the direction God was taking me in, especially since the transition was coming at great personal sacrifice. I had given away my car to a teen challenge, a drug rehab ministry, and after ministering to a woman on the verge of suicide, I ended up giving her some of my furniture. So with a few earthly possessions left, I was basically living out of my suitcase, out of my fitness studio. One day, a young pastor pulled up on his new expensive sports car and disdainfully told me, those who are really in God's will are blessed with abundance. As his car screeched away, I found myself very grieved. And I said, Lord, is it true that I'm not being blessed? Later, the pastor called me and continued his barrage of criticism. God is never going to use this crazy idea of yours, he said. In the Bible, you never see the Apostle Paul starting Christian activity centers or anything like that. I tried to explain to this young man that I was just trying to reach people for Christ. But he continued to criticize me, and for some time, he remained an outspoken critic of mine. God used that experience to teach me a huge lesson, a life lesson, that I've tried to live by all these years. Instead of harboring an offense against my adversaries and critics, I had learned to become one who could bless and pray for them. So I found the grace to pray for that young pastor, saying, God, I pray that you'll open his eyes and see your purposes here. And Lord, help me to be what you want me to be, and even help me to see any truth in what he may be saying to me. The good news is the Lord doesn't hold us responsible for how other people treat us or how they respond to our advice, but He does hold us responsible for how we respond to them. Are you dealing with critics in your life? If so, I hope you'll remember that every life experience can serve as a life lesson and become part of your life message, so don't let your trials go to waste. When God teaches us an important lesson, it's seldom for us alone. He will always give you opportunities to share what you've learned with others. After the Lord showed me how to deal with critics, 
I've been able to help and encourage other leaders who face similar situations. One of these leaders was Sean, a friend in Australia who was connected with our ministry. He and his wife had started a small Bible study that grew into a multi-ethnic group of several hundred. One day when I was visiting him in Australia, he told me how a pastor of a very large church in his own region was publicly railing against him and his small congregation. My friend was pretty distraught. As you might imagine, he was initially skeptical of the advice I tried to give him. I said, you need to take the high road. This defining moment will either limit or expand the future of your ministry. In fact, in addition to forgiving him, you need to start praying blessings over him. Let God vindicate you. And he said this to me, Doug, you don't get this. This man has a lot of influence, and he is speaking against me to everyone who will listen. He's undermining both me and the ministry God has given to me. At that point, I shared with my friend a powerful principle that I learned in David Wilkerson's book, Have You Felt Like Giving Up Lately? David Wilkerson pointed out that it's always the wrong person on the cross. For example, Jesus was completely innocent and without sin, yet he was the one who had to bear the sins of others. Wilkerson also noted that if we hold on to the sins of other people, we will in essence hang on to the cross ourselves feeling miserable, bitter, and wounded, while the other people go around their business and don't even realize what they've done to us. But if we make a decision to release and forgive those who say or do things against us, we are set free, once again able to fulfill God's purposes for our lives because God is our vindicator. We all have faced injustice or unfair criticism at some point in our journeys, so we almost learned this vital lesson, I believe. Look at what the Apostle Paul says concerning this. He says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, Paul says, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. And on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. So in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It says that in Romans 12, verse 17 through 21. As you allow these verses to sink in, let me encourage you to pause for a moment to allow the Lord to search your own heart. Is there someone you need to forgive and release. Are you willing to allow the Lord to be your avenger and your healer? Even if you've been deeply hurt, even in your pain, will you reach out to them in love and kindness and bless them in any way you can? See, we need to take the high road. My friend Sean had a chance to act upon these verses in a very practical way. While I was still visiting him, he received some startling news. Serious sin had been discovered in the past in the life of the pastor who had been criticizing him and critical of his ministry. So he was publicly humiliated and had to step down from leadership in his church. At first, my friend was tempted to gloat and say, well, see what I'm talking about, Doug? He's finally getting what he deserves. I said, no, 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 no. Remember, we were just talking about taking the high road. I encouraged my friend to reach out and give this pastor a call to find out if he was genuinely broken. Doug, he said, don't you realize what he has done to me? And on top of that, he hates me, and there's no way he'll listen to anything I have to say. Again, I said, take the high road. Reach out to him. You're not responsible for how he responds to you, but how you respond to him. Although he was mad at me for giving him such difficult advice, he later reached out to the pastor and called him. Interestingly, rather than reject his overture, 
This pastor was so moved by this gesture that he and his family came and sat under my friend's ministry for the next two years. He was ultimately restored to ministry and went on to pastor another church. Meanwhile, God continued to bless my friend in amazing ways. At the time of my visit, he had several hundred members, but his congregation began to grow exponentially to around 3,000, and the impact of his life and ministry had expanded around the globe. I'm convinced that the outcome would have been different if, if my friend had chosen to hold on to his offense. That pastor probably wouldn't have been restored to ministry, and my friend's church would never have grown past two or three hundred. Thank God he took the high road. I'd like to close with a few of my provoca thoughts. Critics and criticism will come and go, but Christ-like character with commitment, consistency, and courage will outlast them all. Discouragement and disappointment bring disillusionment, which then breeds compromise and distracts us from our intended destination or our destinies in our lives. Allowing the offenses of others to keep us wounded can hinder us from accomplishing God's intended purpose and destiny in our lives. Let me give you a couple of calls to action. I think I've shared a few points throughout this podcast that maybe we can pray about and you can consider in giving to the Lord in those places where maybe you have been wounded or been offended. Release it back to the Lord because God is our righteous judge and vindicator. I pray that you've been encouraged and even challenged throughout this podcast to maybe consider praying about and releasing to the Lord those things that were you have been offended or hurt or wounded. We don't need to carry the offense of others. Let us just trust the Lord, as I said earlier, that He's our vindicator and our righteous judge. And watch what God will do as we release it out of our spirit, give it unto Him, so we can be free to do what God's called us to do. Also, would you consider getting a copy of my book, Leadership Awakening, which I've referenced throughout this podcast? You can go to any online bookstore. You can also go to your local bookstores. Or you can even go to our somebodycares.org website and order it there. You can also follow Somebody Cares on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. You can also follow me personally, Doug Stringer, on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and on Instagram. And please remember to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. Thanks again for being on another Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. And I pray this message today and all the others we've shared with you have been a blessing that enrich your life and your journey and your leadership. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.